You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. Joining me tonight to talk about all things Minnesota Timberwolves is one of the up-and-coming bowlers in the Minneapolis area, Jonah Poppin. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> been impressed by all your, yeah, some of the strikes I've seen been, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. I've uh, <clears throat> been talking about getting Anthony Edwards out to the bowling alley. So mm-hmm. That's what he said he was doing all summer, As it? of this summer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. True. Yeah, open invite for Anthony Edwards. So, speaking of, let's try dive right in. We're gonna. I've been waiting. We've been waiting to talk Timberwolves for a while. We're trying to get to a good point in the season here where we feel like we kind of know what's going on. At least I know there's been some injuries and stuff. But checking in mm-hmm. here at about the like what one third mark of the season or so, um, and Timberwolves are sitting at twelve and fifteen right now. We're recording this before the um, Wednesday night game in Denver, but. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that game goes. But yeah, just checking in um, before that. And you, know, you and I have been texting back and forth and stuff as the season goes on. Exciting just to have even somewhat relevance and hanging around around 500, things to be excited yep. about. So let me just start by asking this, and we'll talk about the team as a whole. But you already mentioned Anthony Edwards. So he's yep. been here for now a little over a year since the draft. But just how has Anthony Edwards being a Timberwolf changed your life? uh i mean i think that there was a lot of speculation in that draft of whether they go a little mellow whether they go anthony edwards and just thinking about it i think the personality honestly is maybe the biggest change for the franchise right as far as him as a player and what he brings energy wise to them each night is just crazy mm-hmm. uh something di- completely different than i mean they've had wiggins they've had cat they've had kevin love all more timid type players i think it's just been like a breath of fresh air kind of seeing somebody with his energy out there yeah the the energy and the intensity but still being like a extremely likable guy and just unique personality for sure i think when the draft happened there was an article like the day before about he's like he could play professional football and he was talking about all this stuff and we're like is this what we want like a guy is he dedicated to basketball or not but once you right. get to know him it's like clearly that's just who he is and like how he you know talks and acts and stuff and i saw someone talking about how basically like anthony edwards is like who jimmy butler thinks that he is as far yeah, as yeah. as a leader you know um yeah so that's I'd been totally great. good yeah. that yeah no i think uh I think that he he fit that like gaping hole that was definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting to have him. And yeah, more so off the court, even than on the court, just all the, the funny clips and interviews and stuff and just the energy that he's brought back (laughs) to the, to the Minneapolis basketball scene. So he's in year two now. Are you, what are you seeing as far as him as, you know, either making making the leap i know he's had moments he had moments at the end of last year but what about his game like excites you the most yeah i mean 
and I kind of feel like almost the team has followed his his path as well because they've had you know they got blown out by 30 some points or whatever the other night to the Pelicans and then they've beat teams by 40 this year and kind of been up and down but I think him as a player developing into more all-around and coming in every single night and being able to do that uh I'm excited to see you later in the season uh to see if he can kind of bring that same energy for all 82 games, uh, be able to put up the numbers that he does and continue to bring the, I think the defensive energy has been crazy this year. Uh, and I feel like I'm at, we'll probably talk about it later, but I think combining Pat, Pat Bev with uh, Anthony Edwards, kind of that energy is what's really brought up the defensive end for the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk about the defense more. Um, but first just with, with Edwards and I think it's kind of become a pattern throughout the season now having, you know, Towns is still, you know, their best player, at least offensively and kind of the one that's the most steady, but Edwards will really pick his spots where it's like all of a sudden he's taking over for a quarter. And I think about, I know there was the, the Indiana game like a week and a half ago or so, um, where suddenly the third quarter happens and he's hitting a couple threes in a row, he's getting to the rim. And it's just like that energy is what kind of takes this team to the next level. Cause you have, you know, Towns and D'Lo and everybody else who are like doing what, what they've done in past years, which is good. But in order to kind of get over that hump and like be winning some of these games or blowing teams out to some, in some cases and competitive with everybody in the league, you have a guy that can come in and then, be you know be the second or third option for a lot of the game but then really take over um when he sees that opportunity so that's what's exciting i think his ceiling as the best player on this team is is clear as far as in the next few years him being i don't even want to put a lid on it like he could very much be like a future mvp in this league i think yeah 100 percent. i totally agree with that and i think like the i feel like we've had a lot of ceiling guys maybe come through like i, I mean i did wiggins is just like the glaring one that yeah. i think about but like uh his like mentality toward it too i think lends to him actually achieving that stuff like he wants to be the best he wants to be mvp he wants to be the best player on the floor uh but at the same time he has the the no to you know, pass a deal though, pass a cat mm-hmm. when cat hasn't enough touches and he's, you know, five for five in the first quarter. Like we got to get him going, like stuff like that. And I think I remember, I think it was one of the first games of the season. I don't remember which game, but like you said, there was a fourth quarter maybe that he just took over and came out and scored 10 straight or something and kind of put the game away. So I, that's exciting to see. Yeah, it's cool. And this, I mean, this could maybe become an issue down the road, but just the chemistry that they have with, like you said, a guy that's in his second year, he's 20 years old and has, has the confidence and has, is honestly one of the leaders of this team, but still also has that respect and just like the understanding among those big three guys. And yeah, I do think it's cool. Unlike just random thing. That's cool. I, I really like having three guys as the big three that all go by three letter names and D right. and yeah. cat. That's nice. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So exactly. I like how they fit together. I think there were a lot of questions about it, but so far um, I like what we've seen out of them. Um, and I want to transition to D here, but real quick as they're on Edwards, 
I just have to ask you this. And I apologize even for putting this thought in your head, but <laughs> this is like asking you to choose between your cat and your dog. But if you could only have one between Anthony Edwards and Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, who would you pick? I knew you were going to say <laughs> something about this. Uh, Got to be Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, He's done more so far. And that like, yeah, has burst I out mean, more. yeah, I, impossible question. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be up, very upset if we don't keep both of them for a very long time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson just it's too good. Yeah. The only, um, and Justin Jefferson has quickly become probably my favorite Viking, at least on offense and also is leading my fantasy football team this year. So love him on two <laughs> fronts, but the, right. only, the one argument I'd make for Edwards is just the impact that he is able to have on a team. I think will be, will mean more 100%. to the Timberwolves than yep. a wide receiver does. Um, but I, said I this, fully agree with that too. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, it's just a hundred percent personal preference on, right. I love Justin Jefferson. Uh, if I had to choose for my sports team, I think Anthony Edwards, who regardless of who else is on the team, I think has, can make an impact and take the franchise really over uh, and make it his and put them in contention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we were talking, I was talking about this last week on our Vikings podcast, but I think Justin is legitimately the best receiver we've had since Randy Moss. Like we're, we're rolling right past Diggs, Thielen, yep. Sidney Rice, whoever else, Percy Harvin. And like, he's that good. He's going to be, he's already a top three, top five receiver in the NFL and has an argument to yeah. be the best. So that's, the good news is we got we got them both and we're hopefully they're going to be here for a long time. So yeah, no need yeah, to just get a save while they're that. here. <laughs> yeah. So transition to to D'Lo because I'm curious to get your thoughts. For me, I'm very pro, I've been very pro D'Lo, especially this year. I had some questions coming in like he just hasn't got a lot of mm -hmm. time since. Um, I remember you and I were at one of his first games in Minnesota when he came. Um, yep right before the pandemic but um <laughs> since then this is the first season he's really gotten enough time to play with cat and the rest of the team and i've just yep. been really we've seen it in the last couple of weeks or couple of games when he's been out just the importance that he has with being the being the facilitator being the defensive leader as well in that front line and yep. i love the way that he's been playing you know he does he can be inefficient at times still but sometimes those shots do go in and they're the ones that end up winning games for you too so your thoughts on Tilo? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I was hundred percent pro trade for D'Lo mm -hmm. uh, when we did that. And I was really excited to get him here and uh, see how he fit. I definitely have had questions over his time here, just with his, you know, his shot selection. Sometimes it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking a two point jumper, a foot inside the three point mm -hmm. line? Like, Stuff like that. But I, I think this year has been crazy to kind of see his evolution as like the silent leader of this team almost. And I think it's like demeanor out there uh, lends well to, you know, and his energy is crazy. He's all over the place. Cat gets frustrated when he doesn't get a foul call. And, you know, D'Lo doesn't show too much emotion and, yeah. until it's a big moment of the game or something. I think that that's really been kind of a cool cohesion of those three and uh, yeah and like you said his defense has been crazy this year I didn't really expect him to step up as a defensive leader and I think that that lends to the coaching staff too the change um 
but yeah, I was looking at just some stats and stuff too. And the, the plus minus of that starting lineup with D'Lo in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going five when he doesn't play at all this year. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's been cool to kind of see that turn into a positive. Cause I wasn't really sure if it was going to, uh, after last year was kind of a up and down year for him. Yeah. We all thought, I think coming in with Chris Finch and everything this year, that it's like the offense is going to be great and the defense will have to worry about. And it's kind of been the opposite, which is crazy, but good. Right. Um, and what's led them to be, you know, close to 500 and everything. And I think a lot of that is, is Russell, you know, towns too, to an extent, but I don't think he's yep. been quite as impactful on defense. Although he's trying harder. I think just the two of them, as the you know leaders of the team coming into this season, we're like, we're kind of at this point now. They're 26 and 25. They're in the same draft. So they're in like their sixth or seventh year now, which is crazy. And yeah. just like, it's time for them. They see, you know, Devin Booker, everybody else that's in their class being like starting to really show make an impact on the league. And they, they were like, we've had injuries the last couple of years, but they felt like I see just the commitment from them that they want to be, you know, I don't know right. if be great is is safe to say with the Timberwolves at this point, but just be at least good enough to be relevant, right? Yeah. So, no, I um, think they yeah. I think they also realized kind of that they, you know, they I feel like at the end of last year they kind of had a few wins that were like, okay, mm-hmm. like we can we can play with these guys if we're like giving it all if we're you know at our best. Like, what's going to happen if we can all lock in? at the same time come in every night, you know, bring that same energy. It's so it's been fun to see when they, when they put it all together. I mean, they are a scary team. Yeah. Uh, It's just that inconsistency that if they can, you know, let the lows be a little less low and kind of ride that out. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, for cat and D like, they're also like, we're the ones that wanted this, like to play together and everything. And they're like, we need right. to prove it that we were right about believing in each other. And then Edwards yeah, right. is just like, I'm only in my second year, but I'm ready to come along for the ride. Like, right. And, you know, be, yeah. be great right away. So, so that's, I've been just really impressed with that. Just some guys that haven't really been career winners at all. Um, but, and again, they're not even 500 right now, but still just the improvement we've seen. And I think when they have been healthy, they've been, you know, very, um, relevant as far as the teams that they've played and stuff too. So um just right. being like we don't have any more excuses. We gotta, you know, this is the time to to start seeing some some real improvement. So that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. We've kind of mentioned Cat a few times, but obviously has continued to be great. He's shooting 42% from three, which is just crazy on like almost six yeah. attempts a game. Um so he's just still an offensive like you I mean unicorn is overused, but yeah. like it's just crazy just the way that he does that. Um, I've liked right. his, and I think, his leadership and stuff. Sorry, real quick, but um, and the biggest issue is just the foul trouble and that kind of stuff that's been really consistent this year. So that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I know it's always it's always funny looking at like the the statue because I admittedly haven't really really watched every single game, but I know I've been following on Twitter and I you know watch highlights and different stuff and just like seeing the stat sheet and seeing his like you know he's putting up like 28 10 and six or whatever Mm. you know it's just like nonchalant like big numbers that i feel like almost don't even get talked about half the time because you know somebody else has a good night or he gets in foul trouble or he got teed up because he was 
mad that he didn't get a foul call or something. I think it's, I feel like he's almost having a, a sneaky, really, really good year again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's so many other pieces now that he's maybe getting a little less attention, which is maybe right. a good thing. Yeah, it seems like there's certain matchups where he can just be absolutely dominant, unstoppable, whether it's a you know a slower big on him or teams have tried a lot of different things. I mean, sometimes they'll right. put you know a guard or a smaller player on him too, which can work against him because he'll get offensive fouls and stuff. I, saw, I don't yeah. have it in front of me, but I was listening to something or saw something about just how much higher the percentage of offensive fouls is that he gets compared to like any other big in the league. Um, just the, yeah. almost like half of his fouls are offensive fouls, which is crazy. And yeah. there was one point earlier in the year. I remember, I think it was before that Philly game when he was like, I'm done. I'm not talking to the refs anymore. And that lasted for like all of two games, which was great. Those two games, but then now he's right. back to complaining and stuff, which I get it. Right. Like he gets a tough whistle sometimes, but that's what just needs to be. Um, Cause it does hurt the team if he's, you know, not able to finish games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I had, I have no, I mean, maybe a little Homer. Mm-hmm with this but you know i he does get ridiculous calls for a big like i think i think he's almost his like style of play and skill set like almost i mean it definitely works against him at points uh because he does get matched up against a three or a, a four a small four and it's like you know he can back him down because he's 50 pounds more and then he gets a foul called against him and then you know he gets upset and he can't like shake that for the next 10 minutes of the game and then he's sitting yep yeah but one of the games i know i want to mention two specific games so far this season that were kind of the biggest ones i think that were wins which was first the philly game when he fouled out and it went to double overtime and that was delo had a couple huge clutch threes to send it to other overtimes they got unlucky with a with a tip in uh, to get sent to another yeah, overtime, yeah. but um, then D'Lo gets the, the steal and the and the finish for them to win in double overtime, which was a super super exciting and the most clutch you know D'Lo game for sure this season too. Yeah, definitely. And then the other game was the Miami game at home, right? Which was just which was yeah. <laughs> count it or not the greatest dunk in the last like ten years. The oh Edwards my one. gosh, and, dude! I, I, I yeah, if you're the ref, I mean. <laughs> It still counts in my book, like just the, the oh, memory 100%. of it. And yeah, so they beat Miami at home, which was, you know, certainly one that was circled on the calendar with, with Jeremy Butler and stuff. And kind of, they've been through some runs this season, like winning streaks, losing streaks. And I do yeah. think that when they've been healthy, they've been, um, I think a game or two above 500. So you can't take that for granted. You're not always going to be healthy, but I do think that if they continue with that, they should be right at, around that 500 mark for the yeah. rest of the season. Um, yeah. So yeah. your thoughts on just kind of where they stand, actually let's, before we get to like the standings and playoff picture and stuff, just kind of the rest of the, of the team, the depth of the team, let me kind of read through the rotation here. And I just want to get your thoughts on if you have specific people you want to, they think it would yeah. be impactful. You already mentioned Pat Bev um, coming in as the, just a, what a great trade that was. You got rid of Culver and yeah, um, <laughs> who, I don't remember who else even was in there. It was just a throwaway. And you get an impact player in Patrick Beverly. Um, Malik Beasley coming off the bench. He's had some hot games. McDaniels as a defender and um, still growing as a shooter. And then Vanderbilt, who's been the other starter and kind of piece of that of that lineup that's been 
their best yeah. plus minus lineup. And then you have like guys like Nas Reed, Prince, Okogi that are, you know, playing when, when needed and stuff, and McLaughlin, Bulmaro, you know, so right. with kind of those top eight guys, like if you have um, thoughts on, on any of the other role players. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I said Pat Bev, I think like him and Edwards, the, like mentality that they bring, I feel like is something that the Timberwolves, I like other than, like you said, Edwards is who Jimmy Butler thinks he is. I think that, <laughs> I think that Jimmy Butler has that same type of mentality, but it, it doesn't work everywhere. Right. And I think that Pat Bev has been just a really good like veteran leader for. I feel like even Towns is like a little immature in his like veteran status in the NBA just mm-hmm. because of being on the Timberwolves and basically having to step into like a superstar role and not getting a chance to kind of grow up in that. Yeah. He doesn't have uh, any street cred, like from winning anything. Right. Right. right exactly. Yeah. And so I think, I think that, yeah, that starting lineup of Beverly Russell, Edwards, Vanderbilt and Towns, uh, I think they're like seven and two when they're the starters. Uh, the plus minus for that is like, I think it's like plus 50 rating or something like that. Uh, I think that's been a really fun lineup to find having Vanderbilt just be an animal on the boards and mm-hmm. it'd really be like a quiet, steady, really good player for them for the first part of this season has been cool to see. Um, I feel like it's kind of weird with Beasley coming off the bench. I don't know if he's not. Uh, I mean, I think he's had a couple good games this year, but he could get up and down any yeah. game too. And, you know, I feel like he played really well last year. So uh, I really like who they have rotating in and that starting lineup. So I feel like if they can keep building on that, it's going to be a fun year. Yeah. Yeah. I think consistently building, you know, roles for people that they are able to know and not men- not messing with that lineup, you know, unless injuries and stuff require you to. So Beasley, yeah, Beasley hasn't started any games, but he's, you know, coming off of the bench with knowing that he gets to just, you know, shoot whenever he has the opportunity. And right. I don't think just he's been, green light. he's not been probably as he's only 34% from three. So not quite as good as we've hoped, but definitely has had some games where he's kept them in it or, you know, um, went on a run by himself and that sort of thing. So I want to see him continue to improve. And yeah, Vanderbilt is the crazy one where I remember the beginning of last season, he was unsigned and people were like, give this guy a, a roster spot because right. just the energy, the rebounding, not going to really give you anything on offense, but that's just, I mean, that's knowing a role and being able to fill it and make positive plays for your team, right? Which is so important right. in the NBA rather than trying to do everything, but knowing <laughs> what you're good at and sticking to that. So he's been, bit huge and I didn't even think I mean I wouldn't have guessed he was going to be a starter coming into the year but I, it right. certainly makes sense as that fifth you know fifth spot on the starting lineup guy that's not going to need right. to score or the ball but just can do can pick up the slack with some of the other offensive players that you have on the team yeah. so so that's great and I really like the depth that they do have I think it's been apparent that they've got a lot of like role player depth guys but no when a D low goes out you know or so towns Right. That's where you're in trouble, right? Which any team would be, but that's where you don't right. really have a guy right. that can fill in in that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, like with Vanderbilt again, I, I literally don't even know if I've heard him do like an interview or anything. Like mm-hmm. I, he just seems like kind of the quiet, like glue to that starting lineup because I think even a few weeks back, I, uh, I think Ant was in the interview and he was talking how Vanderbilt should be first team all defense. And like, he's like the, the one out there that like is doing the dirty work and like keep like, he's the reason that me and D'Lo and Towns can like get buckets and whatever. So uh, I think that's an awesome fit in that starting lineup. Yeah. And with the offense not being quite as maybe quite as good as we had hoped coming into the season and it's improved as they've gone, but getting offensive boards and more, you know, more chances for them. And then the defense has really been, I'd be curious to know like what it would have looked like without Patrick Beverly, but with him and then with, you know, they were certainly focused on it in camp and stuff before he got in, but they've just, you know, it's, it's, it's a good defense as far as just actually defending for 24 seconds, but more than that, they've, I don't know if they still lead the league in steals, but they were for a while. I know. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing is just steals and runouts from that Um, defense turning into offense is what's really been one of the identities of this team, which is not something that anything, anyone expected (laughs) coming into the season. Right. Let me look at the standings here. So Wolves obviously in the West, which has been historically the harder conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case this year or not. The East is pretty good, at least at the top, but the Wolves are currently in the nine spot. So obviously there's the 10 teams that make it for the play, you know, the seven through 10 making the play in this year. I think we've, that was kind of the expectation going into the year. Like if you can get to the play in, that's a good, um, good result for the season. Let me yeah. read you the teams that are behind the Timberwolves right now. So the Timberwolves are at the nine spot. The Kings, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Pelicans. Do any of those teams scare you at all as far as catching the Timberwolves if they're healthy? I mean, honestly, no. And I feel like right. the and they've got like a couple Wolves, game lead on those already. Yeah. And I feel like the Wolves honestly have a I mean, barring everything goes, you know, positively. I feel like they have a chance at moving up and mm-hmm. giving themselves like a comfortable position. Uh, I think I was looking at something earlier that if the, uh, it was an article saying something that if they can get through December, uh, the back half of the season, the new year is a much easier schedule going mm. forward for the wolves. I think we have like this. They're in the thick of it right now. As far as the, yeah, it's like the, the 16th hardest, like beginning of the schedule and these next few games around the holidays are going to be a little a little tougher, but it, it kind of lightens up and we've, we've actually played pretty well against teams under 500 that were supposed to be, I think mm-hmm. they're like five and two or something like that against those teams. So, I mean, they're not necessarily pulling a Vikings playing down <laughs> to their competition. Uh, but it is just, you know, getting a couple of those tough wins, uh, that Miami win, I think about the bucks win, mm-hmm. uh, you know, proving that you can beat some of those teams. And if you can go 500 in those games and take care of business against the teams you should beat. Uh, I mean, I feel like they've played really well and hopefully can continue. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The teams immediately ahead of them would be the Nuggets, the Mavericks and the Lakers and then the Clippers. So yep. I think the six spot will be tough, but it's possible depending on how things break with those teams. But I really don't see any way 
barring some significant injuries that they fall out of that play. And that would be a, a disaster if they are healthy and don't make the play in. Cause yeah, even a couple of games of within 500 should get you there. And from there, like make the play in, I will be neither happy nor sad as far as like the results of this season. Right. Depending on, right. you know, maybe I'll be happy, but but I don't see why they can't compete in one of those playing games and potentially get in, you know, to the to the real right. playoffs, right? Whether it's against Denver is in a weird spot, but they're so banged up that even right. Jokic hasn't really been able to carry them beyond that. The Mavericks are in a weird spot. You know, I think the Lakers will ascend, but right. whatever, you know, whoever it is, um, I think they should be able to compete with those teams and be one of the best eight teams in the in the West, which is exciting. So um for sure. So we'll see where they end up and I mean, any sort of, even if it's not the real playoffs, any sort of, you know, win and in scenario would be certainly energizing for this market. It already has been, but hopefully right. they can climb back to 500 with a couple of wins here now that Russell's back and then go from there. Like you said, hopefully they can make a, make a real run after the new year with that schedule too. So, yeah. so let me ask you this before we go. So, um, and if you have any other thoughts you want to share about the Wolves, do let me know, but We'll run this on Friday morning before the um, the big Lakers game on Friday night. So I know you are a fellow, you know, LeBron James appreciator. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any thoughts on kind of where he's at now? He just came back from um, either beating COVID in two days or a false positive. We don't know which, but um, <laughs> and has in his last eight games, he's like averaging 30 and like just on a real run right now. He just won player yeah. of the week, that kind of thing. So your thoughts on him and just the Lakers heading into that game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I keep seeing like every game they play, they like add on to that list of LeBron's last like five games. Mm-hmm. LeBron the last like six games. Like he just keeps going off. I is year nineteen, I think, right? Yep. Just crazy. But I mean, I, at the same time, I'm also like a little surprised by the Lakers just having a weird year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like. uh Russell Westbrook just being terrible and then being pretty good now. And then AD's kind of been up and down. I don't know. It's a, I feel like it was like a hodgepodge group thrown mm-hmm. together of like, you know, just elite guys. So I I do think at the, at the end of the season, they're going to be, you know, one of the top teams again. And uh, as far as the game coming up, I think that the Wolves have a good opportunity to win. Yeah. Uh, They've been playing together really well. D'Lo's back. We've been playing well when he's back. So, uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. Um, but, yeah, as far as LeBron, he's just crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah every every 30-point every 30 point game he stacks on top of each other is just, just climbing that ladder towards Kareem, which is the main thing I'm yeah. watching at this point. So, uh, right. especially with yeah, Steph no, just be, uh... breaking the three-point record this this week, it made me think about when that happens in a year and a half or two years, whatever it is. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was watching that last night with uh, Steph breaking the record and them, you know, getting time out and having everybody celebrate. I'm just like – when LeBron actually breaks it, it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, it'll be. I'm <clears throat> very intrigued with the the Friday night game at Target Center because the Wolves played the Lakers once already this season. I believe LeBron was out for that game, but 
one of those ones where the wolves just came in and the Lakers have a tendency to, you know, not take things seriously. And the wolves came yeah. in and just blew them out just with, with energy and effort. And I don't know if the Lakers care enough to circle, circle that as kind of a, a, you know, prove it game right. coming back here or not. So I'm interested to see how that game goes. Um, you yeah. know, as those are the two teams I watch the clo- most closely too. So, but would sure. definitely um, be in favor of a wolves win there on Friday night to continue getting back um, climbing up the standings. So, any last thoughts you have about the Wolves moving forward? I know it's been um, been a fun season so far, even though you know a couple of games under five hundred, but yeah, you know a lot more. Yeah, I mean excitement than we a couple of games under five hundred, but uh, to even be talking about them having the potential to contend to get into a playing game or to the playoffs, and I think I think it was last year they started four and two or four and three or mm-hmm. something and everybody was getting hyped and then they lost like 12 straight <laughs> or something like that and it's like you know you can get excited for those little runs and then it's yeah. like okay well then the season's over so i think they went on that five game losing streak came back uh won a couple you know sitting around 500 uh i'll take it in moderation you know to right. have them uh be in the mix and to have exciting stuff happening and to have, you know, a young star, uh, a couple middle of their career guys that are kind of coming into the finding their role and finding, uh, you know, what they can do when they're playing together. Uh, it's been fun. So looking forward to the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Hope I get to the target center. Yeah. See how that is now with the energy. I haven't been there since they were bad. So <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't take much usually for to get people to be bought back in. That you know, Timberwolves fans are, right. have been through a lot, but are are loyal and just want to see you know competitive basketball. So that'll be exciting. Exactly. I do think I'm more than anything just happy with the the investment that they seem to have and the just caring about wanting to be um, to improve and the confidence that's been that's come from that. And then just like actually caring about losing when they do lose and wanting to to win. Right. So. So even that's a step forward. And I think Finch and we haven't, you know, we didn't talk about any about like new ownership and stuff, but that may be changing as well with just the culture of the team and stuff and moving forward um, is yeah. exciting. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just briefly on, I, I had no idea really even who Chris Finch was when they hired mm-hmm. him and then ownership switching over and then the craziness Rosa. before the season <laughs> with Rosas. Like, I mean, it could, it could have been a, a lot worse start to the mm-hmm. season with all the outside stuff going on. So, uh, I mean, for the most part, it seems like they got the right people in places of leadership. So, uh, hopefully those guys can stick around for a little while and build on that. So, yep. Yeah. Well, um, people will be following the wolves. Um, let me just say my obligatory volley sports, please let us watch the Timberwolves, get it together over there. Um, <laughs> but otherwise we'll find our own way. But Jonah, thanks for your time. Looking forward to, you know, following the season along with you and talking with you next time. So thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks. No shot clock. You need one stop. Do you send multiple players at LeBron? Down to five. Down to three. Make somebody else beat you. Three on the way. He got it. Make somebody else beat you. Take the ball out of his hands. The game is over. Yes, it is.